0: The Socialist Correspondent is an anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist journal. It supports all those fighting for peace and socialism. Podcast 67. NATO. A danger to peace and security. The former president of Bolivia, Evo Morales, is organising an international campaign to dissolve NATO. To quote him directly, NATO is a danger to world peace, to security, so we are in the task of reaching agreements with social movements, not only in Latin America, but in all continents, to eliminate it. If nothing is done against NATO, it will be a permanent threat to humanity. Morales also pointed a finger at the United States, the prime mover and beneficiary of NATO, saying, The US always provokes wars to sell its weapons interventions, military bases, to take over natural resources. There is plenty of evidence that NATO is an aggressive alliance and not the defensive body it always claims to be. Since promising Gorbachev not to move any further east than the German border, NATO has expanded steadily eastwards to include 14 more states in Central and Eastern Europe including the three former Baltic Soviet republics of Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia, so that its forces now stand on Russia's borders. This expansion was at a time when Russia was either weakened by the chaos following the dissolution of the USSR, or suing for peaceful cooperation with, even membership of, NATO. So using the Russian military intervention in Ukraine as an excuse for further co-opting Finland and Sweden, cuts no ice. NATO broke the post-World War II peace in Europe. On March 24, 1999, US-led NATO forces bypassed the United Nations Security Council and began the 78-day bombing of the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. In 12,000 strikes... Over 10,000 tonnes of explosives were dropped and more than 3,000 missiles fired, targeting everything from medical facilities to residential buildings and schools. At least 2,500 civilians were killed. During the bombing, NATO used depleted uranium bombs prohibited by international conventions. China is one of NATO's main targets. Three Chinese journalists were killed in the bombing of Yugoslavia when NATO bombs struck the Chinese embassy. In the words of the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson Wang Wenbin, Born out of the Cold War, NATO serves no other purpose than war. It has never contributed to the peace and security of our world and will never do so. All those who truly love peace and are committed to advancing peace Will resolutely reject NATO's continued expansion. End quote Russia is another chief target of NATO. On the 19th of March, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov recalled further NATO aggression in this way. NATO also acted in Iraq without a United Nations Security Council resolution. In Libya, it did have a resolution, but it only covered establishing a no-fly zone. NATO bombed all the army positions from the air, which the UN Security Council did not warrant, and brutally killed Muammar Gaddafi without trial or investigation. Now, Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg has declared that NATO must bear global responsibility, so NATO is ready to defend itself in the South China Sea, a really unusual type of defence. NATO is a nuclear alliance and an instrument for the enforcement of United States hegemony in an increasingly multipolar world. It puts Europe on the front line, mainly in the interests of the United States. In November 2021, NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg spoke at the Nuclear Policy Symposium. Blaming the Russians and Chinese, he said... As long as nuclear weapons exist, NATO will remain a nuclear alliance. We are working to enhance the resilience, responsiveness and effectiveness of our nuclear forces. The strategic forces of the alliance form the foundation of NATO's nuclear deterrence, particularly those of the United States. They are the supreme guarantee of Allied security. The United States nuclear weapons, forward deployed in Europe, are the most tangible demonstration of this. The independent strategic nuclear forces of the United Kingdom and France have a deterrent role of their own and contribute significantly to the overall security of the alliance. Other allies also provide important capabilities and infrastructure, like dual-capable aircraft, in support of NATO's nuclear-sharing arrangements. They have helped prevent further nuclear proliferation in Europe. End quote. Steadfast Noon NATO's so-called annual deterrence exercise began on the 18th of October 2021 and involved dozens of planes and 14 NATO countries. The bases used for the drills were Aviano AB and Gedi in Italy. These air bases house an estimated 15 and 20 United States B61-3 and B61-4 gravity bombs, respectively more bombs are deployed in Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands and Turkey. The US is developing the more accurate b 6112 which will replace all existing gravity bombs and was scheduled to have the first production unit completed in late 2021. The Arms Control Association reported that Belgium, Italy and the Netherlands are in the process of acquiring the new F-35A fighter jet which conducted in September its final flight test to complete the nuclear design certification process and ensure compatibility with the B 6112. The aircraft do not carry live bombs during the exercise flights. It is stretching the claim of preventing nuclear proliferation pretty far to include five European countries in storing US atomic bombs and to include 14 European countries in drills to deliver them. Europe is on the front line of the risk of nuclear conflict. The USA, which controls the use of nuclear weapons, is far in the rear. It may be argued that no one would be so insane as to genuinely consider deploying nuclear weapons. But the United States has considered it. Walter Pincus reports that the US has roughly 150 nuclear bombs stored in the five European countries. Referring to presidential oral histories, a collection of interviews with former US government ministers, he says, The issue of possibly using US tactical nuclear weapons came up in late 1990 as the US was preparing Operation Desert Storm to push Saddam Hussein's Iraqi troops out of Kuwait. As Dick Cheney, then Secretary of Defence, put it when questioned at the Miller Centre in March 2000, if he, Saddam, uses biological or chemical agents against our troops, all bets are off, and we reserve the right to use any means at our disposal to respond. The threat clearly was that we'd use, or threaten to use, nuclear weapons. Cheney went on. I said, I want to know how many tactical nuclear weapons will it take to destroy a division of the Iraqi Republican Guard, and I found out it takes 17 weapons. US Secretary of State James Baker also used the threat of use of nuclear weapons in a conversation with Tariq Aziz, Saddam Hussein's closest advisor, in January 1991. Baker said, based on the real-time example of how such a threat Really worked to protect our troops. The Obama 2010 Nuclear Posture Review made a mistake when it said it would only use conventional weapons against a non nuclear state that employed chemical or biological weapons. Threats have also been issued in relation to the current conflict in Ukraine. On the 24th of February, Reuters reported the words of French Foreign Minister Jean Yves Le Drian on French television TF1. I think, he said, that Vladimir Putin must also understand that the Atlantic alliance is a nuclear alliance. Words most likely to have prompted the Russian decision to put their forces on nuclear alert. NATO has always been a threat to peace in the image of its creator, the United States. The United States is the only country to have dropped nuclear bombs on the civilian populations of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945 in november 1945 us plan 329 envisaged a nuclear strike against 20 targets in the soviet union its recent ally in the battle against nazi germany in december 1945 plan 432d provided for hitting the ussr with 196 atomic bombs in 1949 under the drop shot plan the United States was to use 300 nuclear bombs against the Soviet Union. Europe has always been the US's front line. In March 1948, the Western European Union, the WEU, was set up, a closed and exclusive military bloc made up of Great Britain, France, Belgium, the Netherlands and Luxembourg. A supreme Allied command was established under British Field Marshal Montgomery. The WEU had full US support. This was the first post-war military bloc, set up in the teeth of repeated Soviet efforts to maintain a peaceful, united Europe. Early in 1949, the Soviet Union proposed a joint declaration renouncing war against each other as a means of resolving international disputes. To conclude a peace pact and begin gradual disarmament. The Western response to this was that on the 4th of April 1949 in Washington, 12 countries the US, Canada, Great Britain, France, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Denmark, Norway, Iceland, and Portugal signed the North Atlantic Treaty. On the 5th of April, the Wall Street Journal named it. The triumph of jungle law over international cooperation on a world scale. The Soviet government sent a memo on the 31st of March to some of the governments that would be party to the treaty, saying This is a clearly aggressive treaty aimed at, against the USSR, a fact even officials of the parties to the treaty admit in their public statements the US got down to setting up 429 large and 3,400 smaller military bases worldwide, most of them round the Soviet Union, including tactical nuclear weapons and the bases from which they could be used. After the Federal Republic of Germany had been made a NATO member, on 14th May 1955, the USSR, Poland, Bulgaria, the German Democratic Republic, Czechoslovakia, Romania, Hungary, and Albania held a conference in Warsaw and signed a defensive treaty, the Warsaw Treaty of Friendship, Cooperation, and Mutual Assistance. It was dissolved in July 1991, but NATO continues. The high point of peaceful cooperation in post war Europe was the 1970s eventually scuppered by the US and NATO. The 24th Congress of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, held in March and April 1971, advanced a comprehensive peace programme. Treaties between the USSR and other socialist countries were signed with the Federal Republic of Germany and the German Democratic Republic was internationally recognised as a sovereign state years of hard work in the teeth of opposition from the warmongers in nato finally achieved a summit conference of 33 european countries plus the united states and canada in helsinki the final act of the conference on security and cooperation in europe was signed in helsinki on the 1st of august 1975 it included 10 important principles such as sovereign equality Refraining from the threat or use of force, territorial integrity of states, and peaceful settlement of disputes. Cooperation among states should improve the well being of peoples and aid in the narrowing of differences in the levels of economic development. Steps were to be taken towards the ultimate achievement of general and complete disarmament under strict and effective international control. However, Powerful forces in the United States and other NATO countries saw that an end to the arms race would deprive them of their super-profits, and they launched a campaign against détente and against the Helsinki Accords. In March 1978, US President Carter, no doubt advised by Zbigniew Brzezinski, his assistant for national security affairs, announced a reappraisal of the US military strategy, shifting the emphasis once more to threats and the build-up of tensions. In August 1980, he issued his Directive 59, essentially proclaiming limited nuclear war as a means of attaining the US's imperial goals and stipulating a first strike against targets in the Soviet Union and other socialist countries. This flew in the face of the 1972 adoption by an overwhelming majority of the 27th United Nations General Assembly, of the Soviet-sponsored Resolution on the Non-Use of Force in International Relations and the Perpetual Prohibition of the Use of Nuclear Weapons. The December 1975 session of the North Atlantic Council concentrated mainly on arms production, specifically on standardisation. The May 1977 North Atlantic Council summit agreed on 140 steps to enhance Western preparedness for war. A North Atlantic Council session held in Washington in May 1978 approved a special comprehensive rearmament programme worth $80 billion and scheduled to last 15 to 20 years. The aim for military superiority to dictate to independent states was completely at variance with the Helsinki Final Act. At its December 1979 session, the meeting of Foreign and Defence Ministers of the NATO countries, clearly under pressure from Washington, approved plans to produce and deploy in Western Europe new US medium-range missiles targeted on the Soviet Union and other Warsaw Pact countries. The missiles were deployed in the Federal Republic of Germany, Great Britain and Italy, and subsequently in Belgium and the Netherlands. On the same day as these plans were approved, President Carter announced a broad programme of further US military build-up, including the creation of NATO's Quick Reaction Alert Force for operations beyond the NATO region. In 1980, the US began the manufacture of cruise missiles and the Trident system of nuclear submarines. In May 1980, the Warsaw Treaty Political Consultative Committee declared... If the decision to produce and deploy new US medium-range missiles in Western Europe is carried out, the situation on the European continent will sharply worsen, since a growth of destructive potential in Europe will inevitably affect the political climate and the vital interests of the peoples of the continent and will entail a new, huge expenditure which will lay a still heavier burden on the peoples. This is as true today as it was then. The governments of Europe need to start to consider the real needs of their populations and not the warlike demands of NATO. People the world over should rally to Evo Morales' call dissolve NATO. If you'd like to read more or to subscribe to the journal, you can do this via our website at www thesocialistcorrespondent.org.uk.